Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When I feel afraid, I think I've lost my way. Still you're there right beside me. And nothing will I fear as long as you are near. Please be near me to the end. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Galatians 1, 6 through 11. I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another. Only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. And as we have said before, so I say again now, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, he is to be accursed. For am I now seeking the favor of men or of God, or am I striving to please men? If I were still striving to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. For I would have you know, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. So today I want to focus on verse 10. And what does Paul mean when he says that he is not trying to win the favor of men? He's not seeking their favor. He's not striving to please men. What is he talking about? Now, did you notice the, the context, the, pre, the repeated word of preaching? So the context is in his preaching, verse 8, verse 9, verse 11. So there's something about his preaching that proves he's not seeking to win the favor of man. So was it the style? Was it the content? Was it what he said or how he said it? I mean, what Paul is doing is he's consciously disregarding the criteria that carry persuasive force in normal human discourse, conversation. Paul was a master of rhetoric. This is a world dominated by rhetoric. It was one of the most powerful instruments for public persuasion. And yet he intentionally dismisses all of the rhetorical tools that would have been commonplace in his world to try and persuade. And he says he's not trying to please or trying to persuade. This really is something strange. He says that he's rejecting the mindset of crowd-pleasing. But notice who the crowd is. The crowd is not some uneducated segment of humanity. It's all of humanity. It's everyone. He's not trying to please 
any man. And then Paul celebrates, you know, throughout this letter, he's going to celebrate the freedom that he has in Christ. That's one of the key themes. But here he declares openly that his identity is that of a a bondservant or slave. That's the word, slave, slave to Christ. And so this is also shocking because somehow what he means by freedom is very different than what we normally think of when we think of freedom. He's saying that real freedom comes by being a slave to Christ, a, by total allegiance to Christ, complete commitment, union with this one. Real freedom happens only as you are connected to him. And so either Paul is crazy or there is a notion of freedom that is shocking, transformative. And maybe it's worth thinking about what type of freedom is this that comes by being a slave to Christ, by completely connecting yourself in an unbreakable bond to him. I wonder if it's like one of my favorite movies growing up as a child was Top Gun. And Cynthia and I recently watched it. And I have to say I was impressed by how well it held up. But our two boys love to pretend that they're flying They love to fly. They love planes. They love to pretend they're flying. And I showed them some clips from Top Gun, and they were running around the living room pretending like they were going to fly. And, you know, if you think about it, how can you experience the amazing freedom of near supersonic flight? I mean, can you imagine what it would be like to be in a jet as it thrust at 800, 900 miles an hour? And the reality is if you want to experience that freedom, then you better have a very strong connection, a very tight allegiance, a very tight commitment to that aircraft, or you will not experience flight. You will not experience that kind of freedom. And maybe this is the same thing. One of the things Paul is saying that if you want to experience true freedom, you have to be completely and totally connected to Christ. And then notice in verse 11, he says, I'll have you know, brethren, that this gospel which was preached by me, notice that repetition of preach, that's how the gospel comes. It comes through preaching. So over and over, the context is in preaching. It was preached by me is not according to man. And so there's that theme again. So somehow this good news, this gospel, has realigned and recalibrated all of his loyalties. And now he is at odds with pleasing men, with the normal human systems of values and the way you talk and the way you persuade. This gospel is not according to man. This negation, this contrast, this conflict is one of the central themes of Galatians, discerning what is of God and what is of man. And what he's saying here is that there is a misfit between the gospel and the typical modes of human thought and behavior. And the difference is what lies outside the origins of human thought. This is not something he made up, but this is something that they received. Verse 12, for I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through revelation. So let's take a moment today and think about a couple things. Think about that stark line. Am I now seeking the favor of men or of God, or am I striving to please men? Whose favor are you seeking? Who are you striving to please? And is this your definition of freedom? That real freedom happens by being completely connected, a slave, a servant to Christ. This realigns and recalibrates all of our loyalties, all of our hopes, all of our thinking. Ask the Lord to help you experience that today.
Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise 